different generations fight as if it's a football game. Why? Our show is called the Boomer Effect Podcast. We just want to gain a better understanding of not just those generations that came before us, but also those who come after us. Breaking down generational differences and establishing a common ground. Join Jerry and Rose as they attempt to understand and overcome the generational divide. Come on over. Be a part of the show. The Boomer Effect Podcast. Every episode is brought to you by our generous sponsor, MyPillow. Well, I got to tell you something. I've got their towels, Jerry, and they are so good at drying you off. I mean, they work. You know how you get a towel? So this towel set is so great because it does dry you. You know, you get a towel sometimes that are so cheap and you're like, I'm still wet. You use True. a towel and you're still wet. So anyway, they have an amazing offer right now, $29.98 on a six-piece set of MyPillow towels. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio podcast specials and enter the promo code BOOMER. MyPillow.com, promo code Boomer. All right, Jerry. So we're talking about the seven generations. This is the Boomer Effect podcast. And we thought that we would just lay some groundwork. Obviously, we're not going to cover everything that happened during World War One, everything that happened during the Great Depression or, or World War Two. What we're simply doing here in these first couple of podcasts, establishing those seven generations is just laying some groundwork, giving you an idea. We're going to use a broad brush, obviously, in these podcasts because we can't go into great detail, but we want to establish where these generations were coming from, what they experienced, and how they influenced the next generation. Yeah, their mindset. Absolutely. So now we're going to talk about the silent generation. Yeah, so when we talk about the silent generation, keep in mind this is a generation that uh, what was unique to this particular generation moving forward was that you know they were really introduced to television. That became That's a true. part of a normal life for them. Uh, the war, World War II, they were usually either not born yet or maybe 14 years old by the time they uh by the time it ended a lot of them weren't born or maybe they were 20 so it was a childhood of experience that mm-hmm. some of them experienced some of them did not and when you talk about the depression you know you're talking 0 to 4 when it started and uh 0 to 14 by the time it ended so they their parents would have passed knowledge on about these events but they would have been too young to truly experience those events. So this kind of became the turning point mm. of where those those major events between World War One, World War Two, and the Great Depression, they started to fade as far as a generation that truly understood the dynamics and the impact of those events. True, but and what I really thought was interesting, too, when I was doing some research on this, that the silent generation was also known at times as the traditionalist generation. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting to me that even more so than the children of the lost generation, these people that came that were growing up during the silent generation, they wanted to hold on to traditional values. They didn't want to let those go for some reason. I'm trying to figure out why it was that through all of those generations, the silent generation was the one that really wanted to be a traditionalist. Well, and and you know what? Here's the thing. When you think about it, this is a generation that didn't have to, you know, they were children as it was going on. So they knew it was going on. But keep in mind that their parents and their grandparents lived through it. 
And so they're getting a lot of their uh, they're getting a lot of information from their parents and grandparents. You're talking very, uh, you know, saying, look, you've got to be concerned. Things could go wrong. Things could go wrong. Things can go bad. Be prepared. Be frugal. Be this. Be that. They didn't really go through it, but the values, you know, you come through all of those events and at that point, people wanted their kids to have a better life because theirs they looked at as being full of adversity. Yes. And so yes. they really put a lot of focus on impressing that upon their kids and instilling those thoughts and, and saying, look, you may not be dealing with it now. But you never know what can happen. And so I think that's how a lot of that happened. You know, when I think about them, too, they there were, what, 23 million silence in the United States of, uh, as of 2019. Time magazine was the one who first used the term the silent generation. And that wasn't until 1951. But it's interesting to me because when so these people that came out of the previous generation, the children of the greatest generation they were raised very strictly, though. Oh, yes. You know, you would almost think that they would be less traditional because of that, but they aren't. And, and you explained a lot of why they aren't. But it is funny because they did hold on to those those traditional values. They did. They were somewhat strict even with their baby boomer children. Oh, well, think about this. So you're, t- you're talking about – so when you talk about the silent uh, generation and the baby boomers, I mean there are the children – you know, of that previous generation. Now, you and I were baby boomers. And so when you start talking, what came to my mind when you were talking about uh, more strict, okay, um, at that point, if you didn't obey your pa- parents, what was going to happen? If you acted up in school, what was going to happen? Yes. What was going to happen, Rose? Well, you were, you know what was going to happen, you were Jerry. Getting paddled. Everybody was coming yeah, after yeah, you. Yeah, well, you were going to get paddled, Mr. Kalaji right? in fifth grade because yeah, yeah. I talked too much. Talk- yeah. <laughs> So, so the difference is, is the fact that the, the expectations for how you were supposed to behave and the punishment that could be – that you could face were completely different. So, you know, families were strict, more strict in a lot of different ways, and that's because when you really think about it, uh, especially when it comes to that silent generation, they were being given a code of ethics. You know, they, they're grant this, – this is a generation – where they weren't just getting it from their parents. You ever you ever talk to your kids about something and they look at you, you know, even though our children are adults now and they just look at us like, ooh, do you even really know what you're talking about? But imagine here you are, you're in the silent generation and you've got your parents that are telling you the same story, your grandparents that are telling you the same story. That's and good. everybody is saying the exact same thing. I mean, at that juncture... Right. You don't have anybody that you can look at, you know, say, oh, do you agree with me? My parents are nuts and my grandparents are nuts. Everybody realized that this stuff was real and they were getting that messaging from all ends. So, of course, course. they were going to think that way. And I think and I I love, too, that they, they probably were dubbed the silent generation because they were taught as children that children should be seen and not heard. Oh, absolutely. And so they, they had this strict disciplinary regimen, really, as children. And then they kind of brought that in. But you know what I do like? And you mentioned the their grandparents felt the same way as their parents did. And I do like that those those grandparents and the parents were able to influence them. But I also like the fact that in hearing the same stories, not just from your parents, but your grandparents, that silent generation 
Actually, I think enjoyed hearing the stories. I think our children today don't enjoy, don't even want to hear the stories. Oh, that's irrelevant. Right. That's ancient history, right? But that's it's exactly your right. History, dude. It is your history. And and think about this. Look at the age bands, right? They're kids. Mm-hmm. So they know, see, our kids might look at us and say that's ancient history. But the difference was with the silent generation, they were in an age that some of these things, you know, were still going on, but they were just too young to be really involved in it. Right. But because they understood these things could happen and it was so recent, you know, when they were just kids that some of these things were happening the history wasn't something that they would say, oh, that that's, that just doesn't even make sense. That can't happen. You know, right. it was just too close to them. So with the silent generation, it they're probably, if, if I was putting a claim to fame for them, they were the only generation that didn't really experience anything as an adult. It was all phasing out, but they had two generations behind them reminding them of the mindset, family values, and mentality that they needed to have if they were going to take advantage of the opportunities they had and make the most of their lives and take advantage of the opportunities that the country provided and keep the mindset that America was a great country versus a bad country. True. You know, as young adults, they, uh, they experienced a good deal of prosperity. They did, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty good for them, quite frankly. And then when they got to middle age, there was some economic upheaval, if you think about it. I, I remember that from my father, who, excuse me, uh, designed steel mills. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened to the steel mills, oh, right? Yeah. And so he had to do, uh, he had a pivot, Find another business, find another way, because he owned his own design business. So there were economic disruptions for them in their middle age. There really were. Yeah, they're true. It, it was a, it was effects of different things that had happened. You know, um, they, you're talking an age where technology was moving quicker. the The demographics for uh, the job market was a little bit different. Uh, there was a lot of things that were changing. Now, here's the thing. When you look at all of these things that were changing, and you use your father as an example, another thing that I feel was really strong about, you know, we talk about the past generations overcoming adversity. Right. But I think that when you start looking at the silent generation, I think that what they were good at was pivoting to a new dynamic. I was going to say that. And that and that leads me to because then later on, they actually be are pretty comfortable in their later life, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with as we both said, the pivoting, the ability to pivot. And when I think about he loved, my father loved Lincoln Continentals. Okay? That he always had a Lincoln in the driveway. When the steel mills closed and his business slowed down cuz that was prime that was his main source, right, of mm-hmm. income. I remember him selling that car. And I remember sitting on the floor watching him count out the money that he got. He got cash for it, okay? Oh, yeah. He put it on the floor. I think I was more upset by that. And I was young. I was more upset by that. And I I can still picture that in my mind so vividly. This man who I knew, even as a young child, loved that car. Mm -hmm. But you know what? He wasn't sad. He was counting out the money. He did what he had to do with that money. Did what he had to do. And then they opened up a dress shop where we lived. And so... 
he he taught me something in that even though i was so sad i was sad mm-hmm. he wasn't he was determined he was determined that that was not going to get him down that if he did that well before this he's going to do that well again and then eventually the business picked up again and he so then mom ran the dress shop he got back the design business picked up but what i learned from that is that he didn't give up he did what he had to do sometimes you have to do what you have to do so, and it's not fun selling a car that you love you, but you had to do it. Do you remember the previous podcast where we were talking about different stuff and, and you had said something and I said, you know, here, here's the difference is, is that generation, there was a word that they, that they understood very well and that was sacrifice. Right. And see, he was willing to make a sacrifice yes. to improve himself. Yes. You know, and, and so that generation, they, that was still instilled in that generation, the sense of sacrifice. It really was. I respect that. I learned a lot from him. And even though they were the silent generation, even though they were one of the smaller generations in numbers, in terms of numbers, I think they had a great impact. Because think about it, too. Um, they're... There was civil. There were civil protests, right? Mm-hmm. We were protesting a lot during that time. They were. They had the the end of that generation had a lot to do with that. Rock and roll came out of that generation. Mm-hmm. They had an appreciation for a lot of great things that we still enjoy today. But but they were they were troopers. They were overcomers, and I I'm just so touched by that. Well, I, and, that's I, and the I thing. learned from that. Because Jerry, I knew that I could do anything. Right. And if it didn't work out, then there's something else I could do. And he taught us. He goes, just because you're girls doesn't mean you can't do anything you want to do. Right. He had only girls. If you remember right, one of the first conversations we had was I was talking about my mother. Yes. Always said I to me that. that I could. You know, she taught me to believe that I could overcome everything, anything, and that I could accomplish anything. And so that was that generation. You yes. know, our parents came from the same generation, and so that was just you know that was the mindset. I think that when you were talking about counting out the money, you know, during my career, when I would deal with clientele in that generation, it was funny as you were talking about them counting out the money and stuff, uh, because that was something that was a regular occurrence. They always had that stash. They learned to have that stash from (laughs) their parents and their grandparents. And so they always had that cash on hand. And uh, the funny thing about it is, is that people would transact business with cash. And yes. and at that time we were doing insurance products and things like oh, that. Right. And so, and they would want to pay premiums in cash. And, you know, in today's guidelines, you know, you couldn't even take cash anymore. You know, now uh, if somebody was wanting to hit, I, I had clients that uh, I'll never forget a client just all of a sudden they, they were handing over like $20,000 in cash wanting me to do something with it. And you couldn't even do that today. Today they'd no. tell you you got to report them in case they're doing some kind of fraudulent activity. That's crazy though. Yeah. Yeah, but you're absolutely right about that. So I'm trying to figure out here. The, the last of the silent generation was born in 1945, right? Correct. And here in 2023, mm-hmm. the youngest of the silent generation, 78 years old. Right. Okay. The oldest, 95. Correct. So my dad died about a month or two ago, 88 years old. Mm-hmm. So when I think about him who died at age 88, and I remember asking him before he died, you know, are you happy? Hell yeah, I'm happy. Why wouldn't I be? This is a man that had broke his hip twice in one week that was in a memory care facility, but he has always had that answer for me. And that amazes me and it almost dumbfounds me too jerry to the extent that i don't know if 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 we're just so driven they were driven he was driven 
am I so driven that I look at that and say, but, but what about this? And what about that? And you couldn't possibly be happy because here you are now in a, but no, hell yeah. Why wouldn't I be happy? That's an interesting attitude that an 88 year old left this world with. Hell yeah. Why wouldn't I have been happy? Right. But when you really think about it, it's easily explainable. When you look at, when you start looking back at these generations, your father, his parents, your grandparents, his grandparents, your great-grandparents, they were passing the message along that things can go wrong at any time, be happy with what you got, mm. always be positive, things could be worse, be prepared for adversity. It was instilled in him. Yes. So, of course, he was going to be happy. What I was going to ask you is now that we're walking through these generations, mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you a little more idea of the mindset of your grandparents, your great-grandparents, yes. is there a point when, as we talk about this, that it gives you a little bit more clarity on some things that maybe you never really understood about how your parents thought about things? Yes. Because you you just didn't understand, because you would have been too young, what your great-grandparents went through. You, you, and as a result, what my parent experienced, and what your parents experienced, they went because through. they, your parent, your parents were greatly influenced. Were greatly influenced. They were born at the end of it, so it wasn't like this isn't real. Because you know, sometimes we can have conversations with our even our own children right. that they're like you said they're going to look at it like, oh yeah, that it's like that's not even real. See, the silent generation knew it was all real. They experienced some of it. It was just they were so young. They knew it was there. They couldn't deny it was there. But their parents and grandparents had a great amount of input about, you know, what they should do moving forward. You know, they had access to knowledge from two generations that had experienced some of the toughest times in the country. Interesting. So that's kind of the difference. So I I think that sometimes, and that was always the difference for me in dealing with all these generations, it just gave me a whole different insight. So I kind of wondered as we go through those generations, if it gave you a little bit different perspective that you maybe not never even thought of when it came to some of the things that your parents said to you, some of the ways that they thought, just like you just said to me, you know, he was super happy. Well, of course he was. He was, he was, he accomplished and he survived. Yeah. And he accomplished. And he was taught how to to do do that. that. He was taught how to do that. Yes. So I think in the end, as we leave behind now the silent generation and move on in the next podcast to baby boomers, I think that the, the question and answer that we should have as baby boomers and perhaps encourage the other generations that come after us when asked the question, were you happy with your life? Yes, I'm happy. Why the hell wouldn't I be? True. And, and here's the thing. When you look at how the knowledge was passed from generation to generation, maybe we got to ask ourselves, how good of a job did we do passing it on? Ooh, that's good. <laughs> You've been listening to the Boomer Effect Podcast. Different generations fight each other as if it's a football game. <laughs> There's good and bad in all generations, but we want to break down generational differences and find common ground. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We had a blast, and we hope you did too. We'll be back soon. 
But in the meantime, you can find us at www.theboomereffect.com. See you next time on 